Hello and welcome to episode number 17 of Three Point Klein, your slightly below average NBA podcast. My name is Kleinfeld. That is at Klano the Dino on Twitter. Got a jam-packed show for you today. It is our trade deadline special. The trade deadline was this past week. Um, a whole lot of other things uh, happening in the league as well. Trade deadline, the fallout of that. We have uh, finally our all-star teams drafted. Uh, but first, I want to get into some housekeeping really quick. You can follow the show. Please do follow us on everything. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are everywhere. It's all at 3 Point Klein. We're also on podcast services around the world. Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If we're somewhere you want us, if we're not somewhere you want us to be, please let me know. Um, also, ratings and reviews. It really helps. Five stars, five stars. Now, as I said, jam-packed show. But we got to touch on this. We got it. We got to get right into it from last night, uh, the games last night in the NBA. A busy night in the NBA last night. Going to go over a couple. One of which, this first one, controversial, big game. Uh, Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers end up losing to the Utah Jazz, one seventeen, one fourteen. On a very controversial ending. Very, very, very controversial ending. Portland downed most of the game. Damian Lillard comes surging back as he does. He has another 40-point performance last night. He is just on fire uh, in this new year. But a controversial kind of no-call at the end of the game. Final play, Damian Lillard drives in, gets quote-unquote blocked by Rudy Rudy Gobert. Very obvious. You could see on the replay, it bounces up against the glass before Rudy even touches it. Refs do nothing. Game ends. That's it. Portland loses. And man, this blew up. This took over the internet last night. You cannot be anywhere without without seeing this. Lillard, of course, furious. Videos of him going around just yelling at the refs, freaking out, justifiably so. He just lost this, lost this game. Uh, taking to Twitter, Damian Lillard, he calls out Donovan Mitchell in his quotes after the game. Donovan Mitchell fires back. You have a few other Jazz getting in on the action. Uh, Rudy Gobert says has a few comments as well. It was a whole uh, a whole wackadoo. Uh, the whole the whole NBA Twitter sphere was just all over this. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks Luka Doncic ends up coming in and saying that the uh, the Trailblazers were basically robbed of this game and. If it was just any other game, whatever, it things happen, refs miss things, whatever. But this is a big game amongst two Western Conference kind of, I don't want to say powerhouses because Portland isn't quite there yet, but this could really come back to bite Portland in the end. Right now, they're two and a half games out of the eighth spot in the Western Conference. Uh, the Spurs and the Pelicans are kind of biting at their heels. With this, the Grizzlies lost last night, and the Grizzlies are in that eighth spot right now. With this win, they could have gone one and a half games behind the Grizzlies, get really close to maybe uh, grabbing that eighth spot. We're in the second half of the season. Every one of these wins matters, especially uh, in the Western Conference where things are super tight. So uh, a bummer for Portland. Get the, or They don't get the call, and they end up losing uh, to Utah. Another exciting game. There was just a whole lot of craziness happening last night a whole lot of just amazing if you were watching really any game last night you were having some fun you had Damian Lillard with the 40 points in Portland uh, or I guess that game was in Utah but with Portland Uh, and then this one was really exciting the Wizards they squeak out the win against the Dallas Mavericks 119 
118. Super tight game the whole way that ultimately, if you didn't watch any of the game, just look at the final play of this one. It was one on a very kind of sneaky drive by Bradley Beal, who put in the game-winning layup as time expired. If you haven't seen it, go find it. It's it's pretty cool. They had this whole play set up. No one's really kind of watching Beal, and his defender is focusing on him too much, gets hit with a pick, and Beal kind of fools everybody and just drives straight to the hoop as he's going towards the hoop, gets the ball, puts it in, and that's it. Game winner. I don't have really a ton to say here, uh, but Bradley Beal making his all-star case, or maybe not case because he didn't make the all-star team, but like we know who did, um, but he is going on a revenge tour for the people that did not vote for him. The last few games, he has been balling and this was a uh, no exception they beat the Mavericks which great win against one of the uh, the better teams in the Western Conference and then the last game before we get into the uh kind of trade news and stuff like that last game I want to touch on from last night really quickly just because we don't talk about them a lot on the show uh the Phoenix Suns they dominate the Houston Rockets 127 not to 91 an impressive win for Phoenix they haven't had a ton of impressive wins really since the early goings in the season. Really early on, they were one of the bigger surprises of the league. But last night, they really turned it on. Devin Booker and Kelly Oubre Jr. combined for 72 points, which is just bonkers. They kind of escape. They got lucky. They uh, escape a pretty good performance by James Harden. James Harden had 35 last night. Usually, if he scores in the 30. 30 to 35 range, you're going to lose that game. But we haven't seen too much of super offensive, super aggressive uh, Harden in the past few weeks. And last night could have been one of those games, but uh, they end up, the Phoenix, or the Suns end up beating them. Now, why I wanted to bring up this game, we'll talk about it a little later as we get into the trades as well. Uh, this is the first kind of loss of this super small Rockets team. If you haven't been following, we'll touch on it in a little bit, but the Rockets, they trade away their bigs. They trade away their centers and are playing no one taller than six foot seven. They have a center right now that's six foot five. So so my height in PJ Tucker, who's playing the bigs. The other night against the Lakers, which they ended up winning that game, uh, Harden took the jump ball at the beginning of the game. So a lot of people have been talking about these small guys, and it's kind of fun having a weird team in the NBA, but this is what happens when those threes aren't going in. You saw earlier in the week with the Lakers when those threes do go in and they can run basically these big guys off the floor. It works. They can win those games. But last night, the threes not going in, the Suns kind of locking them down and end up winning a pretty handedly 127-91, a 36-point 30, a uh, difference. So... um Something to watch there with the with the super small. I don't know what they're calling this small Rockets team. These small Rockets. The, I've seen the pocket Rockets going around, which I which I kind of like. Um, but yeah, the Suns beat the Rockets last night and on an amazing performance or performances from Devin Booker and Kelly Oubre Jr. Now into the meat, what everyone's been waiting for. The trades. The trade deadline was uh, this past Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, and. I think it turned out to be a pretty exciting trade deadline. I know a lot of people were wondering if there would be a lot of moves. There's been some stars vocal about wanting to get out. You saw Kevin Love earlier in the season saying he wants out. Uh, people like Tristan Thompson and that were in rumors. And 
Andre Drummond speaking up, or not he wasn't speaking up, but he had been in rumors over the past couple of months. But there was kind of, I don't know, murmurs that not a lot was going to happen. We have these really, really great teams um, in the league right now, in the Bucks and the Lakers and the Clippers, um, who are doing really well with what they have. I don't know if you want to mess up that chemistry. So what could have been a very boring trade deadline actually turned out to be a, a pretty exciting one. Kind of the headliner, the big one. Actually, these first two trades are pretty big, but the big one I want to touch on first is um, kind of the big one that happened on the deadline day. It was uh, the D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins swap uh, uh, coming from Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, Minnesota sends former number one overall pick Andrew Wiggins to the Golden State Warriors for guard D'Angelo Russell. Additionally, the Wolves are sending a 2021 protected first round pick and a 2021 second round pick to Golden State, uh, while the Warriors send some players like Jacob Evans and Amari Spellman, who Amari Spellman actually been doing pretty okay for this Warriors team. Um, now the pick uh, for 2021, the first round pick is protected to number three and then becomes unprotected in 2022. That's a big deal in this trade. We'll touch on that in just, in just a little bit here. Um, but I just want to say, I really like this trade. I've seen a lot of people hating on this trade, but it's, it was going to happen. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was going to end up on the Wolves. The Wolves wanted him this summer. They didn't get him because of the sign-in trade with Kevin Durant, uh, getting him to the Warriors. But Carl Anthony Towns wants to play with D'Angelo Russell. Now, I don't know if Wiggins um, was always going to be a part of this deal, but he ends up being a part of this deal. And I like this for Wiggins. We're going to break this down side by side for all the trades that we're talking about today. So let's just, let's get on to the Wolves side. We'll get this over with on the Wolves. As I said, they get their guy, they get D'Angelo Russell, someone who Carl Anthony Towns, their superstar, their franchise guy has really wanted to play with for a long time. Now, I personally, I like D'Angelo Russell a lot. I don't think this makes makes the Timberwolves a whole lot better. Uh, I'd say D'Angelo Russell is better. He's younger than uh, than Andrew Wiggins. But who is playing defense here? I mean, I don't know if... Wiggins could play defense when he tried. He could also play some amazing offense when he tried. But Wiggins would have these 30-point nights where you didn't notice him out on the court, which is not good. If you are out there scoring and having an amazing game stat-wise and somebody who doesn't watch the games can look at the box score and go, man, he had an amazing night. But then you're watching the game and he's on the court and you just you don't even notice him. That's not good. D'Angelo Russell, the opposite, opposite of that. Very flashy with everything he does. But there's not going to be a whole lot of defense here. Carl Anthony Towns, not the best defender yet. He could develop still. He is still very young. So is Russell. Um, the one thing that I do like on the offensive side for the Wolves here the Russell Carl Anthony Towns pick and roll is going to be amazing. Russell's one of the best pick and roll players in the league. We saw it with some, I don't want to say subpar bigs in Brooklyn last year. Jared Allen is a good player. He's but he's not Carl Anthony Towns. A pick and roll with Russell and Anthony or er, and Cat could be uh pretty awesome. I would have liked this trade a little more. I think if they hadn't given up Robert Covington, which they did in another deal um, that we'll get to down the, later in the show, uh, in that big, there's a big like 12 player deal that happened a few days before uh, the deadline. 
I think this would have gone over better if Robert Covington was still with the Wolves. I don't necessarily know what they're doing here. You bring in D'Angelo Russell. That's kind of a win-now move, I guess. You're trying to satisfy your star. Uh, Robert Covington is a good 3-and-D player. He could play defense on this team. He could fill that defensive role that now they're kind of lacking and don't really have. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. Now, on the Warriors' side, I think they won this trade. Uh, yes, we get, or yes, the uh, the Wolves, they get their guy in D'Angelo, but I think the Warriors win this trade. One, they're taking a flyer on Wiggins. I'm not saying Wiggins is going to be a superstar in Golden State, but something that isn't getting talked about a ton is they get one of, one of the best draft assets in the league right now. This is a really good draft pick. Now, for the Warriors, they get off somebody in D'Angelo Russell that they were pretty much done seeing play for them. There's kind of been murmurs and talk coming out since the trade has been done that the organization uh on an organizational level from the Warriors they were not a fan of D'Angelo they just didn't want Kevin Durant to leave on their own I mean it makes sense positionally how are you going to play him Steph Curry and Clay Thompson on the floor all at once not a lot of defense getting played there I mean Clay can play some defense but that's three kind of tiny guards who like to fire away um now the Warriors, they get Wiggins, which is the kind of the big piece that they get, who, despite the hate, hate, despite the hot takes, there's a lot of them out there. I still think he could be a good player. He is in his sixth year in the NBA, so getting into his prime, I guess. Um, but I think, and I said this on the, de- the day of the deadline, a front four of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Wiggins, I mean, that's they're basically spending $160 million on those four players for the next at least four years. So they're kind of locked into these four. I think that could actually be good. Wiggins has never been held accountable in his entire career. And the one time he did, it was with Jimmy Butler a few years ago at the Timberwolves. He didn't really like that. But I think this warrior system is so built upon being held accountable. If Wiggins can be a better version of a 2016 Harrison Barnes, which I think he can do, then he can be good for this team. I mean, over the past couple of years, Wiggins has been told to stop shooting those mid-range kind of Kobe-like shots that he has been known for. And on this team with the Warriors, I think he's going to be welcomed to do that again because you have all these three-point threats If he goes, he can drive, take a couple steps in. If the shot isn't there, pass it out to Steph. Steph can get a three. Like it's next year, I think this could be one of the better Western Conference teams if Wiggins can be a player. Now, that's a big thing. That's a a big deal. If Wiggins, or a big contingency, I guess. Uh, It's a big question mark right now. We need to see how he plays on this team, and we won't be able to see until they're all back at full strength. We think Steph is coming back the first or second week of March, but Clay will not be back until next year. So it'll be next year, a wait-and-see kind of thing. But I said it when we introed this trade. The big thing that the Warriors get here is that pick. That pick is going to be so valuable. One, this year, the Warriors pick is going to be very good. It's not a great draft. It's super guard-heavy, and they're going to be up there. They're one of the be- one of the uh, worst teams in the NBA, so maybe they can use that in a trade piece. But this pick, it has top three protections coming from the, uh, the Wolves. And as we said, this Wolves team, unless Cat and D'Angelo all of a sudden, because they're playing together, become 
I don't know, Pippin and Jordan or something, or Cat all of a sudden becomes Hakeem Elijah one. This pick coming from the Wolves is not going to be very good next or it's going to be very high next year. They, the Wolves team is not going to be very good next year. It has top three protections. So say that top three or say they're not, they don't get that or they get in that top three, then it rolls over to being unprotected in 2022, which again, I don't see this Wolves team being very good. So that pick is going to be top five either next year or again top five uh the year the year later so or 2022 so i think the warriors get something super valuable here that if they don't want to take if they don't want to draft the player i think they will want to just because they don't have a ton of assets this is a big one that's going to be a very 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 good pick um so i like this trade from the warriors i think the warriors won this trade just just by a little bit now let's get into the big trade the big the biggest trade player-wise, I guess, 12 players were moved in this one. I don't even really know where to start with this, so we're just going to kind of break it down team by team. There's four teams involved in this deal, um, headlined by the Rockets, the uh, the Houston Rockets. They get Robert Covington and Jordan Bell from Minnesota, uh, Golden State's 2024 second-round pick from Atlanta, and that's kind of it for them. With this trade, the Rockets, they get off of um, of Clint Capella and Nene. Uh, they're basically their two big guys. And now there's this is where the small ball experiment really, really, really takes hold. I don't know if it's that Mike D'Antoni and uh, GM Daryl Morey know something that they're not going to be there next year, but they're going all in on this seven seconds or less small ball um, game, getting rid of their centers, everyone uh, under six foot seven, Robert Covington personally is, I really, really like him. Um, in the NBA, he has been very good on most of the teams he's been on. Uh, this, he was kind of the bell of the ball, I guess this trade deadline, and he's going to be a good three and D guy for Houston, which is what they need, uh, going as small as they are with this move. I don't want to say it becomes Russell Westbrook's team, but it kind of does. They're kind of building this team where Westbrook can now go and go into the paint because there's no one clogging it up there and then throw it out to Harden, throw it out to whoever out on the three-point line for those bombs. So um, I kind of like this. Regular season-wise, I've seen a couple of these games um, with the small ball, and it's weird. It's bizarre. I like having these weird teams in the NBA. I don't know if it's going to hold up in the playoffs just because – you go up against a Nikola Jokic and you're putting PJ Tucker on him or an Anthony Davis and you're putting PJ Tucker on him. Um, in the Lakers game the other night, they didn't, they were like, Oh, we'll just throw the ball to Anthony Davis over and over again. But PJ Tucker is a stout guy. He can just, he can bang with, with those big guys. But once they figure out the, let's just lob it to the big guy over and over again, these small guys are not going to be able to jump with, uh, with Anthony Davis or Joel Embiid or, uh, even Giannis. So it's risky there, but they seem to think that it, it could work, I guess. Um, now the next team, the team that gets Clint Capella from Houston, it is the Atlanta Hawks. They get Clint Capella and Nene from Houston. I don't know what um, what the Hawks are doing here. Capella's good. Capella's one of the better big guys in the league on a very, very cost-efficient deal. Um but they got really big over the trade deadline. They have to drop Chandler Parsons, which is sad. 
um, the Chandler Parsons odyssey in the NBA might be over uh, just to fill a roster spot. But the Hawks have been infatuated this kind of season with getting a center for Trey Young to do pick and roll with. I guess uh, they were in the drum and sweepstakes for a while, and then they end up getting Clint Capella and Nene. I don't know if Nene will stick around there for very long, but Clint Capella, I think him and him and Trey are going to become very good pick and roll friends, and I, I like that. I personally, I think, would have liked to see Clint Capella go somewhere like Boston. I think his talents could be used much better in a system like that. Um, but Trey Young likes playing with big guys, and this is they're just satisfying their superstar, uh, I guess. Now, the third team in this deal, the Denver Nuggets, they get Gerald Green and a 2020 first-round pick coming from Houston. Kate Bates, uh, or Kate Bates Diop, Shabazz Napier, and Noah Vonley from Minnesota. Now, the Nuggets, with this deal, they don't really do a ton. They get some draft... Um, they get a draft asset, of course, from Houston, which is good. And they get off some players that were barely even playing for them. I think that's kind of what Denver was doing coming into this trade deadline. They have so many good young guys, and some of them were not getting really any playing time. So figure might as well cash in, get some assets for them. They get maybe some veteran leadership from Gerald Green. I guess you could say that. As I said, another draft pick that could... I think become a part of another deal come season end uh, around the draft. Maybe they package some more of these young players, this draft ass or this, uh, this draft pick, and then maybe try and go for somebody like a Bradley Beal or whatever. Um, it's big for the nuggets just because they were going to have to make roster decisions this coming summer with all their young guys. This makes it much easier. Um, they got, they, they move off of Juancho Hernan Gomez and Malik Beasley, who are sitting on the bench. Last year had some really, really good moments. Even this season, uh, Hernan Gomez, I really like. He's had some really good games this year, uh, but they just they don't have the minutes for him. And so you might as well, you might as well get some assets. And and I like that. It's a good move. It it was a good move from the Nuggets. It wasn't the big splash I thought the Nuggets were going to make. There was rumors of them going for someone like a Drew Holiday. Uh, even a Bradley Beal, but I think Bradley or Beal couldn't be traded uh, because of the extension he signed this summer. Uh, if he hadn't signed that extension, there was rumors in the summer that that the Nuggets were going to try and go for him. So I don't know. I think it's a good move for a Nuggets team that is playing really well right now in the Western Conference. Now the last team, and I'd say the least exciting team of all this uh, this trade, the Timberwolves. In this four-team trade, they get Brooklyn's 2020 first-round pick and Evan Turner coming from Atlanta, and then they get Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and Wancho Hernan Gomez from Denver. In this, the Wolves, they get younger. They get some good young players from Denver, uh, a vet in Evan Turner. I don't know how much time he's going to be out on the court. Um, and then they get another first-round pick. I think it's a smart move from the Wolves here. They're going to have to go into kind of rebuilding, kind of plant the seed and see how it grows uh, mode with these young players and someone like Hernan Gomez and Malik Beasley on this team with now Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm optimistic a little bit for this, for this Wolves future. Now the next big trade, and I guess this would be like the last big, big splash that was made. Um, on the trade deadline, this one coming from Adrian Wojnarowski again of ESPN. The Heat send Justice Winslow, Dion Waiters, and James Johnson to Memphis 
for Andre Iguodala, J. Crowder, and Solomon Hill. Now, Waiters, not going to stay on the team. He has already been dropped um, by the Grizzlies. There were no draft picks exchanging hands in this deal. Uh, And then kind of this deal was locked in. There was rumors of a third team being part of this deal. Rumors that the Heat were going to land Danilo Gallinari, the, the... the reports are that uh, Gallinari wanted a couple more years extension with the Heat before the trade was done. They couldn't lock that up, and now Gallinari is still an OKC, which I like him on that OKC team. But uh, the Heat were really trying to go all in here, and they couldn't get that done. Uh, but the third team that did get in on this was the Minnesota Timberwolves, who were super active over the deadline. We've talked about three trades already, and this, this is the third one that Minnesota has been involved in it. They got in the trade sending uh, center Gorgie Jang to the Grizzlies uh, for James Johnson, who is coming over in the Andre Iguodala deal. Now, I just want to say right off the bat here, this is a fantastic move for the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies, they got off a player in Andre Iguodala who is not going to play for them and had not played for them. In that, they get Justin Winslow, who is or Justice Winslow, who has been awesome for the Heat. They just money-wise, they were going a different direction with the team. They, I, they, I think they liked their Bam Adebayo's of the world more than they liked Justice Winslow. He's a great young big guy. He could fit right in on this Memphis team. And Gorgie Jang, another great young defender, a defender coming from Minnesota. Memphis is really on the right track here. I like what they're doing. They're really smart. They have all this draft equity as well. Great young players in Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant now getting Justice Winslow. It's a fun team. It is sad to see Jay Crowder go. He was a good vet on this Memphis team. He he really helped the chemistry on this team, but um, it had to get done, I guess. And then you have the Heat on the other side of this who are saying they are the big Eastern Conference players Similar, I would say, to the Raptors last season where they were like, you know what? This is our time. We need to go. Last year, the Raptors get uh, Marcus Saul from Memphis. The Heat, Memphis again, they're saying, this is our time. This is our window. If Iggy can play as well as he did in those kind of tight moments um, last playoffs and playoffs before, then the Heat are serious title contenders now after this deal. I think they would have been even bigger title contenders if that Gallo deal had been done. But um Another kind of underrated part of this Iguodala deal is the Heat. They set themselves up pretty nicely for the summer of 2021 when you have the big free agents of you could have Paul Paul George out there. You could have Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be out there at that point. You could have Anthony Davis. Uh, they save some money. They get off James Johnson, a few other contracts. It's pretty smart. They set themselves up for this season and set themselves up for the future. I also really like in this deal coming back from Memphis to uh, to the Heat is Jay Crowder. He is going to play real crunch time minutes for this Heat team. Jay Crowder is one of those guys that every team that gets them, they're like, man, like like two games in, they're thinking, man, wh- where did we find this guy? Um, it is weird. I think that so many teams want to get off of Jay Crowder. Like he's been involved with so many deals. I think he's a solid player. I think he could play some solid minutes for this Heat team. And I think it was a very smart move. Um, that we kind of saw coming. We saw this Iguodala thing coming for a while. We just didn't necessarily know where he was going to go. We knew he was not getting bought out, so he was going to be dealt at some point. 
and this is where he goes. He's going to play for the Heat, and they are really doubling down on that on that uh, championship window this year. Now, another trade that happened, I'm not going to call it a big trade, but this was a trade that was made. Uh, the Detroit Pistons, Andre Drummond is gone. He has been traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers to uh, or traded for guard Brandon Knight from the Cavs and center John Henson, as well as a 2023 second round pick. All I have written on the, my kind of like Google Doc for the show, all I have written for this trade is just, wow, this is awful. This is highway robbery, or not highway robbery, but like this blows me away. This Andre Drummond was the Detroit Pistons franchise player for all intents and purposes. And for him, they get two players in Brandon Knight and John Henson, two players that I didn't even realize were still in the league, barely play, barely going to get played for this Pistons team, and a second-round pick for 2023. It's, it's awful. Earlier in January... When Andre Drummond was putting up 20.20 rebound games, doing fantastic pretty much to start the season, they wanted a couple first-round picks, and they didn't get that. They didn't get that. This was the only offer that was out there, and that that blows me away, that two players that no one wants and a second-round pick for this guy who Detroit has called their franchise guy for the past few years. Now, the Cavaliers doing very weird things at this deadline. There's been rumors of a Kevin Love trade, rumors of a Tristan Thompson trade. They don't trade on either. They don't trade either of those guys. They're apparently not planning to buy those guys out. So they're going to play Drummond, Love, and Thompson all at the same time. Like, that's big. Like, where you have Houston getting really small, the Cavaliers have this huge front line now who I don't think they can, like, I don't think Love, Drummond, and Thompson can play together. I think this is going to explode horribly. And maybe maybe Detroit knew something that we didn't know. Uh, Drummond can opt out this summer, opt out of his contract. He's a player option. But it, was it that far gone that there was no chance he was going to opt in or no chance he was going to sign back with the team that they're like, we just need to get something? Like, it just, it blows me away. And then you have Drummond come out after the trade saying, Oh, like there's no loyalty in basketball, blah, 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 this and that, business, business. And it's like, so did you want to play in Detroit or didn't you want to play in Detroit? Because it's sounding from the Detroit side of things that you didn't want to play there at all. That's why they they sent you away for a bag of beans. Like it's it's brutal. Uh, I've got nothing to say for the Pistons here. I'm blown away by this trade. The, I, I can't believe they couldn't get a second round pick or some sort of impact player like like, I don't know. I don't know what was out there. I think Drummond could have played well. You've seen all these rumors of the Celtics wanting to get a big guy, and I thought Drummond to the Celtics could actually be something. Maybe you trade Hayward in that deal or something, and at least the Pistons are getting back a, a decent player, but now they're kind of stuck looking to maybe buy out Reggie Jackson from that team. So is it going to be the Derrick Rose and Siku Demboya like as a rookie, is it going to be their show? Like I don't, I don't understand what this, what this franchise is doing. Especially after they trade for Blake Griffin a couple of years ago, that seems to fail. They do make one postseason appearance last year with that, but I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on over there. On to the next trade, 
Um, I feel like I'm not super high on a lot of these trades. This is another move that I'm not 100% on. This is a three-team deal that happened uh, right before the deadline. This was really close to the end. Um, the Clippers are getting Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Marcus Morris coming from the Knicks and then Isaiah Thomas from the Wizards. Uh, the, and then the, uh, the Clippers send out guard Jerome Robinson um, to the Wizards. And then the Knicks get Mo Harkless and a 2020 first round pick from the Clippers. Now, the rumor is that the Clippers are not keeping Isaiah Thomas, so he just has come over. And then the Knicks are also getting from the Wizards uh, this, these rights to this uh, European point guard who has apparently been balling over in Europe. Now, I personally do not like this move too much. Marcus Morris on the Clippers does not make a ton of sense to me. It seemed to be a done deal even before the deadline happened. There was rumors of, the, of it happening that the Clippers had their eye on this guy for a while. Um, but to me, this doesn't work in a Paul George and Kawhi Leonard system. Marcus Morris is a ball stopper. The ball stops when it gets to him. He doesn't like to whiz it around. He likes to dribble and he likes to shoot. Now on a team with players like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who are already ball stoppers, but can make plays, especially Kawhi when he gets the ball. Yes, it slows the game down, but he is very good at finding his spot and making those shots. Morris is not that guy. He sure can make shots and has made shots, but I'm not, I am not convinced that he can improve this Clippers team, especially because they, they lose Mo Harkless, who was playing fairly well for them. Um, Jerome Robinson doing okay for them, but I don't know. Morris is the kind of guy who is going to be taking those big shots at the end of games when they need to be made, whether he knows he can make them or not. He's just going to take them. He's going to miss a lot of them. You're going to hear a lot of clanks coming out of Marcus Morris's hands, and I could see this blowing up in the Clippers' faces. Now, I do want to say it. I don't want to let this just go by. It is sad that Isaiah Thomas, uh, who came over in that deal, is getting bought out um, or not retained by the Clippers. Isaiah is just his story has been one to watch ever since the Celtics, ever since that the Kyrie Irving trade. It's been dead end after dead end for him, and I don't know what is going to happen. I think he m could probably get picked up um, over the next little bit. I don't know by who. Maybe, I don't know, the, the Lakers I know are looking for a guard, but there's rumors that they're looking at Darren Collison. But I don't know. Uh, it's sad that Isaiah Thomas... Um, that this situation is ending the way it is for him. Um, now the other team, I guess, I guess the, not the other team, there is two other teams in this deal, but, uh, the wizards, whatever they get Jerome Robinson, who's a fine young guard. Uh, but the Knicks, I actually think this is a decent move for them. They get Mo Harkless, who is a good player and they get another draft asset. So they're just stacking up those assets. They're doing what a rebuilding team should be doing, which is crazy to me, especially um, I didn't have this written down in the news. I actually just remembered it, but they, this past week they fired their president of basketball operations, Steve Mills. Um, so that's, I didn't know what kind of moves they would be making. Um, they would be making this trade deadline, but it's a decent move for them. I think they get draft, they get draft equity, which, is good. That's what you need. Um, but I don't know. I, I was questioning what they were going to do coming into this trade deadline, especially having fired, just fired their basketball president of basketball operations. 
Um, but they make a decent move here. Get Mo Harkless, whatever. Uh, now the last trade I'm going to touch on. Nothing super big. Not a big splash with this trade. Just the the 76ers. They get a bit of shooting in this trade. They um, they get Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third from Golden State for three second round picks. Uh, the picks are expected to include one one of each in 2020, which is Dallas's pick. 2021, which is Denver's pick, and Toronto's pick in 2022. Only big thing here is that Philly gets more shooting, something that I think they desperately need. They were looking kind of, I think, for that Ursan Ilyasova, Marco Bellinelli deal, Marco Bellinelli deal that they had a few years back that really helped them kind of push into the playoffs. This team isn't done, I don't think. I think they're going to search the bio market. I don't know what they're going to be able to find, but they get a bit more shooting um, on a team that desperately needs it. Now that we touched on all of the trades... From the trade deadline. Oh my gosh, it's. I feel like I need to take a breath. Um, but those are most of the trades. Some of the big trades. There were some smaller ones. I know Bruno Caboclo, Caboclo got traded um, from Memphis to the Houston Rockets. Two years away from being two years away. Good for him. He'll probably get some minutes um, in Houston. But with the trade deadline done, of course, you have buyout news coming out. The three kind of big names. For buyouts, I mentioned one earlier. Reggie Jackson apparently uh, could be bought out uh, by the, the Detroit Pistons. J.R. Smith apparently is getting an audition, quote-unquote, with the Lakers. Could be rejoining LeBron James. Darren Collison has been around the Lakers a lot. They are searching for an, a better guard than Rondo. Rondo has kind of fallen off a cliff over the past couple of months. Um, and then the last buyout guy who we know this is the only one that we know is actually going to another team marvin williams is has been bought out by the hornets good vet can still shoot a little bit and he is signing with the milwaukee bucks so the bucks get a little bit better um which good for them i think marvin williams good for him to be playing finally for a team that isn't charlotte and for a team that has a chance to win a title so good for them that's kind of it for the trade and buyout stuff for the year now i wanted to touch on this the only trade and buyout non-trade and buyout news um from the week that i wanted to touch on was we have our all-star teams drafted finally the all-star game is next weekend which is crazy um the the special aired on thursday night on tnt kind of an all-star draft special if you haven't watched it it's actually a lot of fun Giannis and lebron on a facetime call basically picking their their team's playground style. I wish that they would pick these right before the game and just give them a jersey, but I think we're a couple years away from that happening. Want to go over the teams. Team LeBron, of course, you have his starters, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, James Harden, and then the reserves, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and DeMontis Sabonis. And then on the Giannis side, the starters of Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, Trey Young, and then reserves of Chris Middleton, his teammate, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. Now, I don't know. I'm glad Giannis was having fun, but it really felt like he was drafting with the heart rather than with the head. LeBron was definitely drafting with the head. Giannis, it seems, was kind of draft trying to draft this like team world team having these international stars like Embiid and Pascal and uh, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, 
But I think just seeing these teams on paper, I think LeBron's team, Team LeBron is going to wipe the floor with Team Giannis this year. It's just even just looking looking at the starters on LeBron, you have Davis, Leonard, Doncic, Harden, and LeBron. And then Giannis is Giannis, Embiid, Pascal, Walker, and Trey Young. I don't know. I like that. That sounds to me like even just those starters are going to destroy um, Giannis's team. I really liked Giannis. He was joking during the telecast, saying he wasn't picking players like Harden because they wouldn't pass him the ball. Maybe that's Giannis trying to make it so he can weasel his way into an All Star Game MVP. Um, also, for my Raptors fans out there. Just start the Giannis to the Raptors rumors now. I don't like this wasn't intentional, I'm sure, but uh, Giannis picks Pascal and Kyle, and then Team Giannis is actually being coached by Coach Nick Nurse of the Toronto Raptors. So, just saying, he he could be he could be coming Toronto's way. But yeah, the All Star Game next weekend. I think that LeBron's team is going to uh, going to school Team Giannis. Now on to the winner and the loser of the week. Every week I like to pick a winner and loser of the NBA, whether it be a player, a team, the NBA as a whole, what have you, can be anything. My winner of the week, call me a homer, whatever. I think they may have been my winner of the week already this season, but I had to give them a shout out. The Toronto Raptors, man, they are currently on a 13-game winning streak, longest in franchise history. They play the Nets tonight without Kyle Lowry. He went down with an injury last night, so we'll see if that streak can continue. But the past month has just been so much fun to be a Raptors fan. The league has really started paying attention to this Raptors team, um, a team that has been plagued by injuries, yet they keep winning. It's a total next-man-up mentality. That was the way um, it was with under Dwayne Casey under the Raptors. I can remember him always saying, next-man-up, next-man-up, but it's really, really coming to fruition here with Terrence Davis uh, the second really, really stepping up. You have people like Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who's actually been playing decently. Fred Van Vliet been playing very good. I mean, just this week, the Raptors face off against the Pacers twice. They won both. And in the first one, they come back from 19 down. This team just does not stop playing. If you go on cruise control for those last three or four minutes, it's done. The Raptors are going to come back. It They just they fight, fight, fight until that last buzzer. And over this win streak, they have the second best defense in the league. So good on Toronto. They, I think, were counted out before the season. A lot of people saying, oh, yeah, they lose Kawhi Leonard. They lose Danny Green. They're not even going to make the playoffs. But they have replaced that Kawhi Leonard scoring, basically. Uh, if uh, Doing the math, they've replaced that Kawhi Leonard scoring with Pascal. And then all these other guys are contributing for that Pascal scoring from last year. And it's it's really working out. It blows me away. I, I don't necessarily know. I'm going to say six, they can succeed as much as they did last year just because last year they won a championship, so you can't really go. You can, I mean, I don't think this team is going to win a championship, but they do prove to be hard matchups for kind of those elite Eastern Conference teams in Boston, in Miami, in uh, I almost said Giannis, in the Bucks, in uh, in in um, the Seventy Sixers, they are annoying for them, and I don't necessarily think they can beat all of them in playoff series, but one or two, I can maybe see it. If they were in the Eastern Conference Finals again 
it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think it's going to happen, but it wouldn't surprise me. I, I've really, really, really been impressed with this Raptors team. And and as a diehard Raptors fan who loved the team last year, I will always remember that team for the rest of my life. I might be having more fun watching this team right now, just with the way they're winning, the players. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. Now, my loser of the week, another team, another team in the Eastern Conference, um, in the Eastern Conference as well, and a team that is not doing super hot. It is the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know what's going on in Philadelphia. Um, at home, they've been doing really well this season. They're 23 and 2, but on the road, that is not the case. They're 19 and or 9 and 19 on the road. And over the past week, they had a big road trip. They they win against the uh, the Grizzlies last night at home, their first game home after this big road trip. But the rest of the week, their road trip, they had four games and they went 0-4. This team is not working. There's chemistry issues, apparently, in the locker room. They didn't make a big trade uh, at the deadline, which I think they needed to, to really improve this team. The buyout market, not looking super great for them. They kind of seem to be locked in on Brett Brown as their coach. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is going to go up in flames. At the end of the year, they could fire Brett Brown they could maybe get off of one of their stars in either Simmons or Joel Embiid. I really, really, really like this 76ers team when when Embiid isn't on the floor, when it is the Ben Simmons show. And I think that this has been said around the league for a while, but I think that they need to treat this team kind of like Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens in the NFL, where you build a team around this kind of weird initiator in Ben Simmons. You need to have him have his own team where it's him and all these shooters. It's similar to what they kind of did with Giannis um, with the Bucks, And I don't think Embiid can be a part of that. And I don't know who they would move off of whether it be Embiid or whether it be Simmons, but I think that there needs to be a move coming because unless something really drastically changes in the next 40 games, this team is going to fizzle out in possibly even the first round uh, first round of the playoffs, and that's why Philadelphia is my loser of the week. Now, we're going to finish off the show today with a couple picks of the week. I like to go through, pick a couple games that if you, the casual NBA fan, want to check out, I know maybe it can be busy to watch basketball every night like a crazy person like I do, but these are kind of the games I think you should I think you should watch just to keep up with what's going on in the NBA. The first game is actually happening tonight, so if you're listening to this early enough, check it out. It is the Clippers and the Wolves going up against each other. Only reason I have this here is I think this is the first game that we're going to see D'Angelo Russell play in a Wolves uniform. Um, always fun to see new guys in their new jerseys. Um, a crazy stat about coming, I guess, into this game, Carl Anthony Towns, he's been injured a bunch lately, but he hasn't won a game when he's been in the lineup since like American Thanksgiving, since like the middle of November. So I could actually maybe see an upset here. I could maybe see the Timberwolves pulling out a game like this just because eventually Cat is going to win. Uh, if not, though, the Clippers are definitely going to roll over these guys. They're going to lock them down on defense, and D'Angelo is going to not know what to do. But it'll be fun seeing D'Angelo in his Wolves uniform. Uh, the second game I want to shout out, another Clippers game, the Clippers and the Sixers. It's happening this Tuesday, February 11th. Just want to shout this one out just because 
going into the season. This was my prediction for the finals, and I think this could be the only time, unless these guys play again later in the season, this could be the last time we see these teams match up against each other this year. Sorry, Sixers fan, you guys are not making the uh, the finals this year. Um, and then the last game I want to shout out is happening on Wednesday, February 12th. It is the Blazers and the Grizzlies. Um, there's not too many games later in the week after Wednesday. I think there's a couple on Thursday, and then they go into the All-Star break. But the Blazers and the Grizzlies, you have Damian Lillard, who's red hot right now, and John Morant, who has become must-watch television for me at this point. So it's going to be a really, 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 really fun game. Um, that's happening Wednesday, February 12th. And that's it. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to Three Point Klein. I don't know how many listeners we have at this point, but I want to thank you so much for listening to my basketball musings. I love doing this. I love talking hoops. My name's Klein. You can follow me. Um, I'm on everything. It's at Klino the Dino, K-L-I-N-O-T-H-E-D-I-N-O. Um, please also follow the show at Three Point Klein. That's three, the word spelled out, point Klein, spelt like Calvin Klein. Uh, and then if you want to, you can send me your comments, your emails, your questions, your concerns at uh, threepointkline at gmail.com. Um, and then lastly, as I said at the top of the show, if you like the show, share it with your friends, rate it, review it, do whatever you want. This has been Three Point Klein. Thank you so much for coming by. <laughs>